Good morning, church. I'm excited that you decided to join us this morning to worship together. Um, uh, just want to let you know before we go into the message this morning, um, if you are not feeling well, some people are a little worried that, you know, some stuff is going around. If you're not feeling well, uh, let us know how you're feeling so we can be praying for you. But also, you know, out of, out of, you know, out of respect or so we don't scare other people. If you're not feeling well uh, and, and you're having fever and stuff like that, you know, we have the service online uh, and so um, that's just because uh, some, some people will probably be worried about that kind of stuff. Um, oh, it's now? I thought, never mind. Let's see. Now it's on. <laughs> but you guys heard me, so the ones who didn't hear me uh, on, online, it's just, uh, if you're not feeling well, let us know that we will, be, we will be praying for you. Last week we were also praying for those who uh, were going either through uh, some type of uh, surgery, uh, Dan Clements is doing well. Uh, we talked to him this this uh, this morning. Uh, Pastor Rick, uh, you, you want to mention something about Pastor Rick? I know he's doing well. Uh, it's it, yeah. Yeah, Brenda. Brenda is the one. No, I'm kidding. Brenda is the one who has to deal with Pastor Rick right now. I'm just kidding. But um, but she is she's going to receive some more crowns in heaven when she gets it. Um, so uh, no, but Pastor Rick is doing well. Uh, it's just a lot of pain and uh, his situation is is very difficult. And so thank you for your prayers uh, as we as we gather together as a congregation. Uh, corporate prayer, individual prayer is powerful. It does amazing things. So um, before we start, I want, uh, I want to remind you that we are here helping people experience the hope that they can only find in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That, that should be always our focus. That should be our main uh, goal every single day, that we will help people find the hope that we experience just in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Uh, so this morning is our first week of a brand new three-week series on, uh, that, that, that we call prayer. We're going to call it prayer. Uh, and it might be something that you, you might be thinking, you know what, well, we, know, we know what prayer is. We know how to pray. But a lot of times, those things that are so uh, simple or basic in the life of a believer are some of the things that a lot of times we overlook. We don't pay attention or we don't practice those things with the, you know, with direct purpose, with the straight uh, understanding, exact understanding of what God is teaching us about the subject. And in this case, it's prayer. And, um, you know, how, how many of you today here can actually say that you have a good and healthy life of prayer? Don't answer that, but think about it. How many of us can really say we have a healthy life of prayer? How often do we pray? How often do we really pray? Or are we too busy to pray? What do you pray for? It's not just how often we pray. It's not that if we understand what prayer is, what do we pray for? Prayer is an essential part of a believer's life. Prayer helps us to stay closer to God, when we pray, we are opening our hearts to God, and He is able to work in us and through us. 
prayer is also, it's, it helps us grow. And it helps us grow closer in our relationship with God. It's an intimate moment with God when we pray. But the reality is that the importance of prayer is often overlooked. The importance of prayer is often, is often overlooked. A lot of us just, that's why a lot of times, the busier we get, the less we pray. When we're in time of trouble, then we, we, we get on our knees, we begin praying for God to help us out of that problem. Or a lot of times we pray because we want God to bless us when we have an idea or a project that we want to succeed in. That's just reality. That's for the most part, what we do, not everybody does that, but for the most part, that's what we do. And most of the time, because of our busy lives, prayer becomes just an afterthought. But the Bible tells us in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, the Apostle Paul tells the Thessalonica church, uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Apostle Paul is telling them that the, 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 God's will for you is for you to be always praying. For you always to keep in mind to be praying for God's will to be done in your life. And to be done in the things that you are doing, that you are in your projects, in your family, in your church. Pray without ceasing. But so many times we are so busy in our lives that we don't pray as we should. And, and a lot of times, I, 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 always mention, I always say this to people, you want to pray the 25 cents prayer, but you want a million dollars answers. You, you copy me? So we pray the 10 cents, the 25 cents prayer, but we want a million dollar answers. We want to pray for two, three minutes a day and we want the answers right away and we want the big answers, the huge things that we are looking forward to receive from God. We don't pray a lot of times as we should. Prayer is an important, it's important, uh, it's an important thing in a believer's life because our prayer is our lifeline to talk to God in those moments that we need to know. What God's will is for our lives. Prayer is a freely given, it's freely given to us by God. That's why prayer is implied. Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, the quote that Hudson Taylor gives, it captures the true importance of prayer. He said, when you pray, God works. A lot of times... We, 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 I feel like sometimes we're like the disciples when they were on the boat and the storm was hitting them, right? The disciples were doing everything they could. The last thing they did was to call up on Jesus and say, help us, Lord. And a lot of times I see us as human beings, we're trying to do all these things. We're trying to move this way, that way. We're trying, to, we're trying this, we're trying that to try to solve the situations that we're going through. We try to do it on our own. We try to do it on our own strength, with our own wisdom. And if it doesn't work, well, maybe we should pray now. We leave prayer for last. We tend to focus so much on the everyday life and the demands that we forget to take the time to pray for the ones who gives you the strength and the wisdom to fulfill those demands in life. 
It has been said that prayer is to the soul what oxygen is to our lungs. I like what Charles Spurgeon said that it's, it's on the screen too. It, 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 Charles Spurgeon said about prayer, prayer, prayer is neither a mere mental exercise. It's neither a mere, a, a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the Creator of heaven and earth. You come before the King and you're putting, you're pleading your case before the King. Prayer is bringing one's mind to the heart, to the heart of God. Prayer is dependence on God. And lack of prayer is a declaration of independence from God. When you pray, you are showing God you depend on Him. But when you don't pray, you are telling God, I'm independent. I can work independently of you. I don't really need you. Therefore, prayer should be a priority if it's dependence on God, of God. It should be a priority for every, for every person who claims to have a relationship with God. You have a dependable relationship with God. You are codependent with God. Prayer is giving our attention to God. Prayer is like a child who has a conversation with their father. It is natural for for a child to ask his father for the things that they need and to ask advice and guidance from their father. Prayer is just talking to God. It's not repeating the same thing over and over. Jesus said, do not make vain repetitions. And also, don't go out there in prayer and and try to show off that you are so eloquent. He said, as a matter of fact, when you pray, go in private. And your Father that sees you in private will reward you in public. Prayer is so important. Because it's talking to God. It's simple as talking to God. It is our way of communicating our thoughts, our needs, our desires before the Lord. Your struggles, you can communicate those struggles before the Lord. And I bet you, and I can assure you, the Lord will never betray you. You can open up your heart. It is, it is, a, it, it is a thing that God has provided for us, for every believer... So we can let Him know what the deepest, our deepest feelings and thoughts are in our mind and our heart. Prayer is coming before God, asking any questions of any doubts or about any struggles that we might have. You come to God and you ask. It's not just asking God, it's seeking for an answer in times of trouble. Perhaps seeking to understand what God's will is for our lives. It's seeking direction when I don't have clarity in my life. So many of us, a lot of times, walk without clarity in our life. And clarity will only come to our lives when we pray, because if you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open to you. It is a privilege for those who have a relationship with the living God. Jesus said it this way, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and you have all the verses, you have it in your outline. Some of the verses don't expect to see them on the screen, but all of them, you do have them on your outline. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. We know these verses. We are familiar with these passages. 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So Jesus was encouraging the disciples and those who were listening to Him to come before God and seek seek and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. He is assuring us that God is going to listen to our prayers. Prayer is coming before God, the King of the universe, before your Father in heaven, and pouring out your heart. Has there been any time when you feel like you, you need somebody to really listen to you? When you are frustrated in life? When you don't know what to do about a problem that you're going through? Or, or when other people have betrayed your trust and you feel like, you know, I can't talk to nobody, but I can surely talk to God. So prayer shouldn't be, it shouldn't be seen as an option for a believer. Prayer is an action that God is expecting for a believer to act on it. It's really not an option. It's a command, and it's something God has given you so you can communicate with Him. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was teaching the disciples about prayer, He said this in Matthew 6, verse 5. And when, what did he say? And when you what? And when you pray. So Jesus assumed, actually Jesus knew that we were supposed to come in prayer. When you pray, he didn't say if you pray. No, he said when you pray, not if you pray, prayer should be a priority in a Christian's life. There's a lot of things we do not experience in our lives because of our lack of prayer. If we were dedicating our lives, if we would dedicate our life more to prayer, to that intimate relationship with God, if we would bring before God what's in our heart, what's in our minds, what our struggles, our desires, our dreams, our plans, we will see the power and the hand of God work in a different way. But a lot of times we don't get to see that. And I'm amazed a lot of times when I go on a mission trip how other cultures do experience miracles, amazing things. And I can tell you story after story after story of what people in other places experience because they don't depend on their wealth. They don't depend on their material stuff. They depend on God and their prayer time. And when they pray, God comes to action and does what He needs to do. We, we don't pray many times as we should. And so there are three essential things I want to share with you this morning about prayer. Three essential things. And you're going to have to look at your verses in your, in your outlines. If you don't have an outline, ask one of the ushers for an outline. But the first thing that I want you to see is the place of prayer in our lives. What is the place of prayer in your life? Show me how you spend your day. And I will tell you what your priorities are. As simple as that. When you spend your day, if you were to write your schedule, do you write in your schedule, this is my prayer time? 
do you have that prayer time? Or are you so, so much in a rush to get out of the house a lot of times that you're like, oh, well, I'll pray later. And later you are so tired that when you're praying, it's basically it's, it's, it's a therapy that leads you to sleep. Because that's what a lot of people do. When they're praying, they fall asleep, right? It's interesting. But prayer should be a priority in a believer's life. To prioritize prayer in our lives is essential. I, found that, I find that so many people try different things when they are going through the storms of life. I heard people say this. Well, we tried this, we tried that, we tried that. I guess there's nothing else we can do but prayer. Really? And they think they're saying the right thing. No. Prayer should be the first thing you do. Not the last thing you do. Whenever you're going through anything, or whatever you're doing in life, the first thing we should do is pray. It's connect with God. It's ask God, Lord, is this something you want for me? Is this something, is this the way you want me to do things? Is this the way you want me to walk? Is, are these the decisions you want me to make? No, not me doing all those things first, and then if I get to the end, well, I guess I have no other, I, I already tried everything. There's nothing else but to do but to pray. No, praise should be the, the first thing that we do. So prayer should be a priority in our lives. Prayer was a priority to the Lord Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it's in your outline. It says right there that very early in the morning, do you wonder why Jesus would go and pray and have his prayer time early in the morning? Because number one, prayer was so important to the Lord. And here we're talking about God in the flesh. If God in the flesh knew the importance of prayer, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we understand the importance of prayer? A lot of times, we want to do things in our own, in our own strength. Just to find ourselves getting in more trouble because we're trying to do things in our own strength, thinking that we are so smart and not listening to God's guidance through prayer. When we pray, God moves. God is at work. When we work, we just work. But when we pray, God is at work. So it says right here, Mark says that it was very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And you always see in the life of the Lord, always praying, always praying. God in the flesh, God Himself praying. If God Himself was praying and made that a priority in His life, it should be a priority in the life of a believer. And He would take off in the morning so nobody would bother Him. He would find a solitary place so that He would have that intimate time with God. That will show His heart to the Father. And basically, that will tell the Father, Father, this is your time. I don't have my cell phone here with me in case a message comes in. So that when I hear that beep, then I'm going to be looking at it. Oh, I'm so, I was praying. I forgot. 
But I don't have the TV in front of me. I don't have anything that will distract me but to have that direct connection with the Lord. Prayer is a beautiful thing when we understand that it's a priority in our lives. Prayer was a priority in the times of uncertainty in the life of the early church. Did you know that? It was essential. It was a priority for the disciples. After Jesus uh, uh, rise from the dead and he, was, he, he, he left and He went to heaven, they were waiting. The disciples were waiting. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, it says that the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, to the upper room. Those present were Peter, and then it gives you the list of all the disciples that were present there. And it says in verse 14, they all joined together. Notice that in moments of uncertainty, they didn't know what was going to happen. In moments of uncertainty, they didn't go and do their own thing. But they took the time to constantly be in prayer. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, when he, and with his brothers. Everybody understood that as they were going through a time of transition, it was necessary to be prayer, praying together, corporate prayer. Not just individually praying, but corporately praying to all together. They all joined together constantly in prayer. So prayer was a priority to the disciples. Prayer was a priority to Jesus. Prayer was a priority to the disciples. Prayer was a priority in making decisions, important decisions in the early church. It is so amazing how sometimes we make decisions. I don't know how you make decisions. But I find myself sometimes forgetting, oh, before I make this decision, I need to pray first. So many times we make decisions, we rush in making decisions. And that's why a lot of times we make the wrong decisions. Because we don't stop to wait, we don't stop to wait and pray. And to wait for God to answer about the decisions I'm about to make. In Acts chapter 1 verse 24, remember they had lost uh, Judas. And then they pray, it says in verse 24 of chapter 1 of Acts. Then they pray, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen. Show us your decision, Lord. So we should pray to see what is God's desire, what is God's decision in our lives when we are struggling in making an important decision in our lives. Prayer should become a priority in these, in these different areas. Whether it's when we get up in the morning and we pray. Martin Luther, at one point, he was asked, how was his life of prayer? He said, the more I have to do during the day, the earlier I get up in the morning so I can pray more. Because if I have to do more, I need to pray more so that God will give me the strength and the wisdom to do all the things that I need to do during my day. Prayer was a priority for the disciples. Prayer was a priority to Jesus. Prayer, prayer was a priority in the early church. And prayer, prayer made things happen for the church. So we have to be praying, constantly praying. 
So that is the priority of prayer. What about the attitude towards prayer? What should our attitude be towards prayer? I want you to see what James says in your verse, in your outline. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. James is talking about believers who are struggling. Believers who are going through a hard time. Believers who are going through trials and adversities. And James is telling them, when you go through trials and adversity, you need to pray for wisdom. Your wisdom is how are you going to react and act when you're going through trials. So James says, the best thing for you to do is not to think you're wiser or smarter than God. Don't make those decisions without making sure it's God giving you the answer to that. So he says the reason, the way, the, the way to go is ask God for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom when you're going through trials, he's saying, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Notice that if you ask God for wisdom, in those times of trial, that should be our attitude. When we ask God, we should know that God will give us an answer. God will always listen to your prayers. And He will always give you an answer. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. He will not always give you the answer you want. I, I heard people saying before, well, it's because I pray and God doesn't answer my prayer. And, and so I had the opportunity to tell a person the other day, so is it that God didn't answer your prayer your way? Or is it that God answered saying no? Well, I didn't, I didn't hear anything from God. Well, maybe God is saying no. Well, but answering the prayer, a lot of times people think that by God answering the prayer, it means God is going to do what I'm saying. That's not it. A lot of times he answers the prayer by staying quiet. And if my son comes to me and asks him for permission for something, and I stay quiet, what is basically, what am I telling him? No. I don't want to hear it. I'm not. Uh-uh. That's me. As a human being, God does hear us. And a lot of times he just says no. Or a lot of times he just say, he says, wait. It's not time yet. But a lot of times we, we take it as God didn't hear us just because we didn't get it our way. So James says, when you ask for wisdom, you ask and it will be given to you. Notice what it says right here too. But when you ask, you must do what? You must do what? You must, I think everybody has an outline, right? What do you do? You must believe. Somebody asked me the other day, why do you talk so loud from the point? It's because you don't talk back to me. I'll talk louder. You must believe and not doubt. Is this our attitude when we come to prayer? Do we come to prayer believing? Believing in what? Believing that God hears my prayer. Believing that God will give me an answer whether it's the one I want or the one He wants. Do I believe that? Or do I, or, or, or do I not believe because if I doubt, and if I don't believe, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. 
In other words, the person goes from one place to another. There's no stability. There's no stability. There's no mental stability. There's no stability, spiritual stability in that person. There's no emotional stability. It goes by whatever the wind takes you. You go. You go with the flow. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because you're doubting. So our attitude when we pray is we should believe. God is listening to us. And we should believe God will respond to our prayer. Prayer is a powerful weapon that God has put in your hands. And I don't know if we really see that. We know that. We know that up here. And a lot of times we pray knowing that prayer is important here. But the way we put that in practice in our lives, a lot of times... It doesn't seem like you, we really believe that that is happening. And, and so James says, you should ask and you should believe. I mean, let me ask you a question. Why pray if I don't believe? What's the point of prayer if I don't believe? If I don't believe, I'm not going to receive. That's what it says right there. So Mark chapter 11, verse 24, the Lord Jesus Himself said, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you will receive them, and you will have them. Now, it's important to understand the context of that verse. Jesus was teaching Peter the importance of faith. You will, God will hear you. God will hear you, and God will answer your prayer. That is a for sure thing. However, it might not be what we want. But He will answer the prayer if we believe. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 29. Jesus here, He, he was showing His credentials as a Messiah. And, and so he was, he, he was, it says right there in verse 27, that when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed Him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Here is how God wanted to display his power. Here is how Jesus was going to show his credentials that he was the Messiah. And they said to him, Yes, Lord, we do believe you are who you say you are. We do believe. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Does faith plays a role in our prayer? Of course. Because we don't please God. By faith is that we please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith in what? Faith in knowing that God will hear my prayer. Faith in knowing that God will give me an answer to my prayer, whether it's the one I want or not. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing. Again, the word believe. Believing you will receive. When would you receive these things? When you ask God according to His will. Remember when the Lord Jesus was going to be taken in pre to prison? He was going to be taken by the Romans. And He went to the garden to pray. And he said, to, he said to the Father, Father, 
This is my prayer. My prayer is to ask you, if it, if it, is, if it is in you, will pass this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. This is Jesus saying this. I don't want to go through this. But th- that was his prayer. He was asking. But he was asking the right way. He said, but your will be done, not mine. When we pray, let, let me tell you one thing. The reason, the reason a lot of times we don't receive what we're asking for, and I hope I don't hurt anybody by saying this, the reason we don't receive is because we ask selfishly. Oh, but I'm not asking for... But you're asking for selfish motive, with selfish motives. Where's that in the Bible? Of course it is in the Bible. James chapter 4, verse 3. Look at what it says. When you ask in prayer, many times you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. So God will hear us. God will respond to our prayers. He will respond to our prayers. But we have to make sure we have the right motives for what we're praying for. If we don't have the right motives, God, God's, God knows our heart. He knows what are we asking for, why are we asking for what we're asking for. If we're asking for the wrong things, in the wrong way, and the wrong motive, God will not answer your prayers. I promise you that because that's what the Bible says. As simple as that. As simple as that. Because you might look at the other verses that we just read and say, well, but I keep on praying and I don't receive. Well, have you searched your heart? What are your motives? What are your real motives? Not the ones that a lot of times we disguise our real motives with. Because a lot of times we say, oh, no, no, no. Only God knows my heart. Oh, yeah, God knows your heart. God knows the real motives of our hearts. Don't forget Galatians. Paul tells the Galatian church, God cannot be mocked. He cannot be lied to. He knows our hearts. He knows our motives. And that's why James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you might spend what you get in your own what? Your own pleasures. You see, a lot of times, and a lot of times that's what I was saying before. A lot of times we ask, we ask when we are in trouble. We ask when we are in need. And that's not just the only times we should come to prayer. We should come to prayer before the Lord all the time. Any time in our life, in our day. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. But what are the motives that we pray with? Number three. If we pray with the right motives... If our motives are not selfish, if our motives are to pray, Lord, your will be done and not mine will. Well, Lord, I was praying for a new house, but that's not God's will for you. God wants you to go and live somewhere else. God is not going to give you that. Why do you want a new and big house? Is there a reason 
Is there a motive there? God will give you according to His will. If it's God's will, He'll give it to you. If it is not, He will not give it to you. And to your prayer, He will say, maybe, no, wait, yes. But we struggle so much when He says, wait. And we just got to wait and wait and wait. What is the result of the right attitude when we pray with the right attitude? What is the result? Prayer is powerful. Prayer is so powerful. Remember what... um, Remember what uh, Spider-Man, one of, one, of the, one of the lines in Spider-Man? With, two, with so much power comes what? Great responsibility. See, you guys know that. When I ask you to read the Bible, you don't read it. Thank you. It says, with a lot of power comes, with great power comes great responsibility. What you receive from God when you receive the privilege of praying, you receive in your hands great power. A lot of Christians, most Christians don't understand that. They know it here, but they don't practice that power. God has given us so much power that I can assure you, because the Bible says so, I can assure you, if you put in practice that power, it will be amazing things. You will see amazing things happen in your life. You will see amazing miracles from God in your life. You will see God's strength in your life when you are about to get discouraged about anything in life. God will give you the strength. God will pull you forward. God will do things in you and through you because prayer is powerful. It's amazing. You know, prayer... As a result of power of God in action, uh, we can see it in Acts chapter 12. What was happening in Acts chapter 12? Uh, the, 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 the James, the brother of John, had been killed by Herod. And Peter had been taken to prison. And all the way from verse, uh, verse 1 all the way through verse 4, we, we can read that, that Peter was be, had been taken to prison. And in verse 5 it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. But notice what the church was doing. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. My brothers and sisters, if you really believe prayer is powerful, we should pray together as a church. When the church prays together with the right motives... Amazing things happen. You know, there is a church plant that happened a few years ago. Well, several years ago. It's called the the Brooklyn Tabernacle. You know what that church was planted? what, what, What the base, the foundation of the church was? Prayer meetings. Just prayer meetings. It's one of the biggest churches in Brooklyn. Gene Simbala is the pastor of that church. Whether we agree with his theology or not, that's not the point. The point is, this guy came in, and he began praying, having prayer meetings every week in that place where he was going to plant the church. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting. And some people, religious people for the most part, would say, eh, it's prayer meeting all the time, it's boring. 
Because I tell you, if there's two meetings in churches that are, are less attended, is the prayer meeting and the evangelism meeting. A lot of people don't want to go out and evangelize. A lot of people don't, go, don't want to go and attend the service of prayer service. There are churches that have prayer services. The church began growing and growing and growing and growing. And it's one of the biggest churches in Brooklyn nowadays. Every week, every week, they have services of prayer constantly. They know what the power of God has done through prayer in their church. You know how many people with addictions have come to that church. And he tells you story after story of the people who have been free from the bondage of addictions through prayer. A lot of times, we're good at telling people what to do. You know, oh, the Bible says, the Bible says. But if we just show the power of prayer when we pray for people and we let God in action, it's such a different thing. It says that the church was constant praying and all for prayings. Um, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by, but for him by the church. And watch what happened. And when Herod was about to bring him out, Herod was about to kill Peter too. He had just killed James in verse 1 through 4. Now he was going to kill Peter. He was about to bring him out to kill him. The night, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. But what was the church doing? The church was praying. Peter was sleeping. The church was praying. He was bound with two chains and two soldiers to the, on the sides. And the guards before the door were uh, keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Look at what prayer did. An angel of the Lord stood by Peter. And a light, and a light, and a, a light shone in the prison and he, stu- he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Have you ever seen something like that? Where somebody's chains just fell off? The church was praying. And you know, it's interesting. Peter gets free from here and he goes to where the church is. And he knocks on the door. And they're like, wait, we were just praying. And when he's knocking on the door, and then one girl comes running to the rest of the guys who were praying to the rest of the church and says, hey, I don't know if that's Peter or I don't know if that's his ghost. That might be his spirit. And they opened the door and said, it's Peter. He was free from the prison where he was about to get killed. The power of prayer If we don't understand the power prayer has, we're in trouble. Prayer is so powerful. You know, the power of prayer breaks strongholds. The power of prayer breaks strongholds. Remember another occasion? I mean, that was chapter 12. In chapter 16, now is the Apostle Paul and Silas. And when the Apostle Paul and Silas were still in prison, it says that in the midnight, Paul and Silas, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it says that in the midnight, in, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were praying. And guess what happened? Another 
act of God's power showed up right there. There was an earthquake. And they were free from their chains. And the jailer said, hey, I'm going to kill myself. These guys escape." And Paul says, wait a minute, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And so they were just not, they were free from that prison, but also the jailer became a Christian and his whole family. The power of prayer is amazing. But, you know, just, just, just as the power of prayer, God's power display in display, took them off their chains. What are some of the things people are slaves of? There are so many people in the world that we need to be praying for, that we need to be praying for, constantly praying for God to do a work in their lives. Because a lot of them are slaves to something that is not God. Power of prayer gives us a strength and hope through the difficult times in life. The people of Israel were going through a very difficult time. When they were sent for 70 years, they were sent out to uh, with Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. And the Lord told them in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon... I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But he says, but when that happens, then you will call upon me and you will and go and pray to me. You will call upon me. You will pray to me. And this is when you're going to see these amazing things happen in your life. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me. And you will find me when you pray. When you look for me. When you pray. But when you search me with what? With your heart. With your heart. Prayer is not a mechanical action. Prayer is not, you know, to be eloquent. You know who did that? The Pharisees. When they wanted to be so eloquent, and no, no, prayer is you, simple as pouring out your heart to the Lord. And so, and, and saying, Lord, this is me. I know you know me. I know you know my needs. But you want me to express them to you because me expressing my needs, me expressing my struggles, me expressing my desires to you is showing you that I depend on you and I'm not independent from you. It shows dependence on the Lord. And so when the Lord was telling this to the people of Israel, they have gone through a lot. They have gone through a lot of struggles. They were being, uh, they were, they were, they had been sent to, uh, for 70 years to Babylon. And the Lord says, but you will look for me. And when you do it with all of your heart, I have plans for you. And my plans are for you to be blessed. But you will have to look for me. And you will look for me with all of your heart. When you search me, you will search me with all your heart. 
I will found you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you. I will bless you. I will gather you from all of the na- from all the nations and from all the places where you, where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. I will be there for you. So, so there are three things that we need to remember about prayer this morning, and is what is the place of prayer in my life? Is really prayer a priority for me? Do I take the time to pray? Do I take the time to, to be alone with God and to be serious talking to God? Am I seriously talking to Him when I am? Do I have things to distract me that show that something else is a priority, even though I say is a, He is a priority, the prayer is a priority, but maybe I'm doing other things instead of praying? What is my attitude? Do I believe God listens to me? Do I believe God answers to me even though He doesn't answer every single time what I want to hear? Have I seen, have I ever seen the powerful results of prayer in my life? If you haven't seen the power of prayer in your life, there's something you need to consider. There's something that needs to change. Because over and over, the Bible shows And over and over we hear testimonies of how powerful prayer is when we are searching God with all of our hearts. God will hear your prayers as a believer. He has promised that He's going to hear our prayers and He will answer our prayers. But what about those who have never given their life to the Lord? Because prayer is an intimate moment with God. If someone has never given their life to the Lord, maybe you, maybe you will say, you know, my prayers are never answered. Maybe you need to start with the prayer of asking God for forgiveness. Asking God to come into your life. Then you, you'll start a relationship with God. And when you start a relationship with God, guess what's going to happen? Every single prayer you say is going to be hurt by the Lord. And He will answer every single prayer, whether it's what you want or what He wants. He will answer every single prayer. Praying is about intimacy. Prayer is about having a relationship with God. Praying is about seeing the power of God displayed before us as a church and individually. I encourage you. I encourage you to start praying every day. I encourage, and we'll continue for another, the, the rest of the next three weeks on this subject. This is just the introduction. So we understand that we have to have prayer in the right place in our lives, that we have to have the right attitude of prayer, and that we will see the results of prayer as we pray, constantly pray together. Don't just pray for the sick. There's a lot of other things to pray for. There's a lot of other things we need to focus on and praying for we need to we need to talk we need to talk to God to break some some, some strongholds. We need to talk to God about changing some of our uh, way of thinking, way of behaving, some of our lives. We need to pray. We need to believe God is going to give us the wisdom when we're going through trouble, when we're going through adversities, when we're going through trials. God will give us the wisdom, but the question is, do you believe? Do you have the right attitude towards prayer? Then you will see the results of prayer. I can assure you that because that's what the Bible says. 
Father in heaven, we thank you so much this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to share your word, to sing to you. But also, thank you, Lord, for helping us understand, as simple as it can be, to consider if we are, if we do have prayer as a priority in our lives. Is prayer a priority in my life? Do I understand and believe the power that you have given in my hands? Do I understand your desire for me to come before you and pour out my heart to you? Lord, I just pray that you will give us the conviction of corporate and individual prayer in our lives as a church. I just want to pray, Lord, that Hope City Church will become a praying church. Praying for the community. Praying for the needs in and out of the church. Praying for the lost. That we will reach people for your glory. Praying for every single time we meet in different settings to teach and to preach the word. Praying that you will give us the wisdom to be able to help and edify others. Pray that we will love, that we will serve one another. Help us, Lord. Have the conviction of prayer. And also, Lord, give us the conviction and the wisdom and the strength as we do 15 days of prayer in the, in the, in the month of October. The month of October, as we get together, as we do 15 days of prayer, Lord, bless. Bless the time of prayer. In our sons, in your son's precious name we pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just one quick thing I want to tell you is October 1st. There's one reason, there's a purpose why we began this series on prayer, the three weeks. It's because on October, 5th, October 1st <coughs> through October 15th, we are going to ask everybody in our church to stick together with 15 days of prayer. October 15th is our big launch day. So we need to be praying. When God is doing something, guess who's doing something too? Who? The enemy, right? The enemy is doing things too. So a lot of times, God wants to do amazing things, and the enemy is always, so we need to pray. We need to stay together and pray together to see God's glory be shown in our church. And we will see it. We will, I believe we will see it. I believe we will see amazing things happen in our church, not just on October 15th, but moving forward, we will see God bringing people to, to, to the knowledge of Christ. We will see people being discipled. We will see people changing. We will see people's life change. But we need to pray. The enemy wants to win that war. But our prayer, you know, we come with the Spirit. Not with sword, not with might, but by the Spirit of God. And that only happens through prayer. So let's pray together. Prepare yourself to 
for 15 days of prayer. And some of you, if you want to fast and pray, do fast and pray too. I don't know if you'll fast for 15 days, but you'll fast one day at least. Right? So fasting and praying, it's what we're going to do from October 15, October 1st to October 15. God bless you this morning.